0: several months ago now Melvin Best came to me and said that they had received reports from uh, the girls home down in Chile that they needed to do some work down there and they were thinking about doing a trip and if the church would support that and there's an endowment and and we said absolutely and um, we uh, Melvin and his team have been down there several of them been down there before a few of them have this was their first time but they've kind of made these trips and And uh, one of the things that I've learned is going to Brazil as much as I have. No trip is ever routine. Uh, You don't ever get to the point where you have a routine overseas mission trip. Now, I've never experienced an earthquake uh, in Brazil. And Melvin had never experienced an earthquake in Chile. But uh, we remember that it wasn't a routine. And this trip wasn't routine. They never are. But uh, coming back off of their, their trip and knowing that they got back last weekend, Uh, The majority of them, we thought that today would be a great time to just hear from them um, and uh, hear their testimony about what God had kind of done while they were in Chile. And so I've asked Melvin to kind of come up. He's going to give a little bit of a history of it and tell some of the experiences about uh, their time in Chile. And then some of the team members are going to come share this morning. And I just ask that you listen to them with an expectant heart.
1: I'd like to take this time to especially thank the church for providing us with the trip to go to Chile. This was my 10th trip. Actually, to be more precise, it was my last, fourth trip. Next year probably will be the last, fifth trip. But nevertheless, uh, th- and, and Lyle was totally correct, no trips are the same. But one thing I have found out in my 10 trips to Chile, God always puts together the team that we need. Yes, I kind of was the leader, but God is the one that directed this team and put it together. Some of the verses out of Psalms really came to, to mean a lot to me this trip. I'd like to read four verses here. God is my refuge. From This is from Psalms 46, 1 through 3, and verse 7. God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging the Lord God the Lord Almighty is with us the God of Jacob is our fortress Before I start on this history there's one special person I'd like to recognize They won't know how we got started. I'd like to recognize Geraldine Heflin. Geraldine, are you here and would you stand up? There she is on the right. (laughs) How did we get started? Geraldine was reading the Baptist Reflector in 1993, the fall of 1993. And in that, we were in partnership, Tennessee Baptist was in partnership with Chile. And in there, they needed someone to come and do some canning at a girl's home. And Geraldine said, I can do this. And I think she told Jerry, Jerry, I'm going to Chile. And I remember Jerry's words because I used the same words. I ain't lost anything in Chile. But I'm here to tell you, Jerry went to Chile with Geraldine January of '94 along with two other couples. Actually, it was seven of them on that first trip. Geraldine did can, and the ladies did ken. Jerry did do maintenance, and the other men did maintenance on the two little cottages that they had. It was a good trip, and they came back, and they reported to the church in 94 of their visit. They went back in 95. The same group went back in 95, and basically did about the same thing. The only thing that was so funny on the first trip, Jerry and them painted the cottages' roof with a bright red paint, and they commented, "When we fly into Tamuka next time, we'll be able to spot these buildings." They used the wrong paint. The rain washed all the paint off that year. <laughs> but the in 1996. Uh, Many of you may not know Bob Ward was a member of the church. He sold a business, gave a tithe to the church, and out of that tithe, $25,000 was designated uh, for Chile. In that, Jerry asked the director of the home, what do y'all really need? And the reply was, we need more room. We would like to have two more cottages built, but codes in Tamuka says no we won't permit you to build two more cottages. You must build a building big enough to accommodate and feed this number of girls that you plan to bring in. So they drew up a plan. The architect drew the plan, and Jerry and Bob brought them back to our church. It was a building about 90 feet long, 45 feet wide, and two stories. They had no money. We didn't have but the $25,000 to to give towards it. Many people were skeptical that whether or not this could be built. The only thing that was forgotten in this whole thing, it was God's plan. It was going to be God's building, and he was directing it. So we went back in 97, and uh, if you'll notice the uh, foundations up there, that was the beginning of this building that we're going to be talking about today. Those footings are four and five foot deep. Jerry Hefflin and myself were sort of barred from digging in the footings. Reason? Wide bodies too too much digging. So the skinny ones dug in the trenches. Now these, these were filled with concrete, reinforced concrete, and the reason was, according to the architect. This is an earthquake area. I said to myself, ain't no earthquake going to ever hit this place. But we went on and did as he had designed, and we built that. Now, the next slide will show you that when we went back the next year, they had already worked and put the outsides up of the first floor. Now, those are... Concrete pillars in there, reinforced concrete for earthquake conditions. Uh, As we, uh, one of the things that we were able to do as a church, we left money and we sent money so that we could keep four workers working year-round at our expense. And we went back each year for two weeks to work with them. So the next year, you can see that we're beginning to frame on the second floor. The picture that you see now, that's black wood, really its not black wood. They required us to crissow all of the wood that went into the second floor. Now, if you notice, we're working on the outside. That's a four-inch ledge out there. Luckily, nobody fell off. But you did have to keep your attention to what you were doing as we've done that. The next slide shows. And it probably isn't as clear as it should be. That's some of our workers after we had put the wood on now. The wood is special. It's not the three-quarter-inch thick wood that we buy at Lowe's or Home Depot. That is rough-sawed lumber a full one inch in depth. And it had to be nailed and put on the outside of the wall. And believe it or not, on the inside of the walls, we had to sheet them also with this wood before we put up sheetrock. In our next picture, you'll see the front of the building, very rough. The stucco there is covering the homemade brick, and there's a story within itself on the homemade brick. We bought brick from the Mapuche Indians that made the brick the same way that they made them in Christ's day. They dug the clay from their own yard, They formed up the brick with the straw and the clay, and they kill-dried them, and they sold them to the home area. That was their income. So looking at that part there, one would say to himself, I don't know where we'll ever finish this building. But the next picture shows you the building. Now, the reason I selected this one is to show you the magnitude of the building. That building is approximately 90 feet long. It's forty five feet wide. it's two stories in that. And it is a blair of blessing just to see and for the first timers when you get there, what you normally see in the next picture, you'll see the this is the entrance that I usually show now it's in rough condition. You can see the homemade bricks in that. The next slide will show you the finished product. This is what you usually see, but you don't see the total building, the size of the total building in that. Our next picture shows you the inside. And again, when we were doing this, that thought passed my mind again. I guess I just didn't have enough uh, faith in it. I hope I live long enough to see this finished. Uh, You can see the rough condition, And, boy, the next year when we went down, just take a look at the inside of that hall. Yes, that's ceramic towel you see on the floor. That's walls that had been finished. And believe it or not, the Lord, when we got ready to do the sheetrock, sent a couple of guys from this church that did sheetrock. And I tell you what, Jeff and Jimbo was a lifesaver. And it worked that way all the time. Every time we needed something special, the Lord decided that he would form this team and put them on there. I don't know whether they really had a choice or not, to be honest with you. But let's take a look at our next picture. This is a stairway going from the first floor up to the second floor. Yes, it's poured concrete, reinforced, very strong, but looks very rough. Our next slide will show you the finished product. It is a beautiful building on the inside. Many people comment to the fact that they were amazed at how pretty this building is. I think it's probably one of the prettiest buildings in Tamuka, but I may be a little prejudiced in my thought. But as bad as the men would like to take full credit for it, the next slide shows what I must admit. It was, uh, no, it's the next one after this. This is that long area that we're going now. Yes. That's the four inch ledge that we had to work on. Our next slide will show the preacher. This was Prentice Goldrich when he went down with us. And yes, he has a hammer and he worked just like the rest of us. The sad part was they elected me maestro. That's the boss. I didn't know for about nine years that the boss didn't have to work. Okay, our next picture. We, can't, we men can't take credit for it. Yes, that's a lady there helping us do the construction. Our next picture brings out even more. Yes, that's a lady helping us finish the walls on there. I must say, ladies, you are a great help. We probably couldn't have done all of this by ourselves, and we appreciate you. Our next picture shows the result. Uh-oh. This is a picture where I don't think this is OSHA approved scaffolding. This is in the stairwell, but it got the job done. But you kept your mind on what you were doing. You didn't daydream on that. Our next picture shows the finished product. Isn't that beautiful? That's the living area that we had so they could have their assembly. And and we put the couches in there and the chairs in there. Uh, Okay, our next picture shows a typical bedroom. Most of the rooms have two beds in there, two single beds and a closet. Our next picture, this is the guy that gave me the most grief. He was the architect. He kept saying, you must build this so it's earthquake-proof. We have earthquakes down here. Can you guess what I thought, but I didn't say it? ain't no earthquake going to hit this place. So I must say I would have hugged his neck and said, you're 100% right. Because Saturday morning, 3.30 in the morning, I was awakened by my wife. I thought she was having seizures because she was jumping and barking in bed. And I was trying to wake her up, and I found out if she's having a seizure, I'm having one too. We did hear, get out of the building, get out of the building. I told Ruth, I said, Ruth, we built this building. This is the safest spot because that arca kept telling me this is earthquake area. We didn't get up till after it was over with. Now, I've been on business trips with the National Electric Service where, I, when I was in the test section on transformer acceptance tests in California. We've seen some movement of the land out there, and I'd come back and say, you won't believe it. We had an earthquake in California. Let me tell you, with an 8.2 in Tamuca, That's an earthquake. We had a little tremors in California. But nevertheless, the the director of the home would say, and one question they asked most of the people, why do you come? Why do you spend your own money? Yes, we have an endowment that we draw on for maintenance for the buildings. Our church has total control of this endowment, but she couldn't figure out why you would pay your own expense Pay them board and come down and buy the material and work all day just for the home. And one of the reasons is that I see in the next picture, I'd like you to see this. These are two idols that the Mapuche Indians still worship. They pray to these idols. They'll take their little money that they can get and stick in the crack, praying that they will have a good year. In their gardens, in their as it goes on, they've even offered sacrifices unto them. And as long as these statues stand, I plan to go back and tell as many as I can. Christ came to die for your sins. Christ is the answer, not two wooden statues that have no life to it. Our next picture is the second reason I go back. I'll just ask her to kind of scan through there. There's four girls. There's 26 in the home. These are the reasons that we go back. We go back because we love to see the girls as they grow up. And as I conclude, uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't tell you a little bit about the earthquake. We made it fine. Not many times you can have breakfast by candlelight. When you don't have water, you don't have electricity. And they cut the gas off for the first day that we could check it out. But we had, uh, I wish that had the music to that one. That was our time where uh, it was up there. That's where we had a little fun time. They were singing the Amen Praise. But like I say, uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't tell you we were we were typical. Our prayer was to the Lord without the water, without electricity. We said, Lord, if we could just get the water back, I think we could make it okay. Three days later, we finally got the water back. Some of us hadn't taken a shower in four days. I know I passed up dessert at lunchtime to go take a shower. It was it was remarkable, but. Believe it or not, we're typical. Guess what our second prayer was that night? Lord, if we could just have electricity. And the next day, electricity came on. And many times we go through life, we make requests, and we don't stop to really realize when God answers our prayers. And he took care of our group. I know there was a panic time when they... Was talking to American Airlines after the quake, and they said, Don't worry, you're scheduled. Everything's on schedule. They forgot that Land Chile wasn't flying, but one trip a day. So we talked with Land Chile, and guess what they said? We can get you out April the 5th, one month from the day we talked to them. So we took a bus, and some of them may tell you about the bus ride. It was a great ride, 10 hours of it but that was okay when we got to san diego to the airport we found out all the lines to get into make your reservation was out in a parking lot they had very little use of the of the buildings so it was a good trip uh, i think the rest of them they will tell you about what happened i probably took a little more of their time than i should have but it was that i do thank the church For sponsoring this, I do thank all the prayers that was lifted up. We felt y'all's prayers. We appreciate that. Now I'll let Sandy come and tell you the rest.
2: Thank you for uh, covering us with your prayers while we were in Chile. It was an earth-shaking mission trip, a real moving experience. I got to tell you that you never take for granted the power you can flip on it at the light switch or the hot water, you can just take a shower. When they announced that we had hot water, the, the lunch table was like vacated, everybody was gone. And that was the near Pentecostal moment when people were in the hot showers. <laughs> um, Elizabeth, uh, this photo here is of Elizabeth when she came to the home in February 2006, which was our first time for John and I to be in Chile. She had a difficult home life. At times that first week at the home, she was like a wild animal, screaming, out of control, lashing out, and refusing to be helped. She had a lot of issues. In 2010, after our long flight, we were welcomed by a lovely buffet buffet of fruit, fruit drinks, and toppings. We later learned that it was Elizabeth who had prepared everything for us. She is shown here the day we arrived wearing the chef's cap. Viviana, who runs the home, is on the far right. Elizabeth is next to Barbara wearing the white Tennessee shirt. Viviana, who runs the home, explained that Elizabeth had learned to love and trust the staff at the home. She had graduated with honors from high school. Then she attended and graduated from culinary school. Elizabeth is now 19 years old and cannot stay at the home indefinitely. She has submitted her resume and is looking for employment in the food industry. In the meantime, she is helping at the home. Over the years, there have been many success stories like Elizabeth. Reading Matthew 25:40, When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I am telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me, Matthew 25:40. Vanessa Steger is from East Berlin, Germany. She is fluent in German, English, and Spanish. She is working at the home for four months on a German government program to learn the language and to help the girls. She arrived at the home the same day we did. Vanessa told us that two of her friends in Canada had become friend, um, two of her friends in Canada had become Christians, and their lives were changed. She could see they were different. She knew others who attended church, but there was no difference in the way they lived their lives. That there was no hope beyond the grave. Her own father had told her that when you're dead, you're dead, and that's all. That's all there is. She said she saw in us the same thing she saw in her Canadian friends. One Sunday night, we went to the River of Living Water Baptist Church, and Pastor Santiago had Vanessa translate for him. Isabel, in the middle, was on standby for the difficult translations because of Pastor Santiago's strong Chilean accent. Later, Vanessa asked members of our team questions about what it means to have a relationship with Christ. Mara and Stephanie On the left are two German girls who are living and working with the girls at the home, but will soon be leaving for Germany as their time in the program is ending. These two girls appeared to not be open to hearing the gospel. Viviana, who runs the home, hopes that there will be opportunities to plant spiritual seeds with Vanessa as she is already searching for answers. Team members gave her a Bible and spiritual devotional books. 1 Peter 2.12 "...live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us." Matthew 5, 14-17 "...you are a light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven thank you
3: i did not want to be
2: seen i did not want to be
3: heard i just wanted to go on this trip for strength but they tell me i've been on ever television in nashville north carolina south carolina and boone north carolina i don't know who did this Terry, <laughs> thanks a lot. In the first uh, slide, there, in every home, there is always mending to be done. Stacks and stacks of uniform, pants, and sweaters needed attention. Terry's digging in that little basket there for our zipper, and Sandra Startup is working at the machine. In the next slide, it took all of us that knew how to sew on a button, thread a needle, or hem a skirt to get all the mending done. When we left Tamuka, we had finished everything but one pair of black pants that needed a zipper. Here you see Ruth and I finishing up everything, and I wanted to bring that pair of pants home to repair but decided the child would outgrow them by the time we got them back through the mail. Here we are enjoying the sun, hoping to get tanned while we peeled the fruit, but but soon the ladies who lived there rushed out to tell us we had better cover our arms or get inside because we would get burned real fast. The chance of serious sunburn is much greater in southern Chile than in North America. So we moved inside to prepare the fruit. Sandra Startup, Sandy Kemper, Terry, and Geraldine were very busy cooking peaches and pears. We lost a little time the days after the earthquake hit, and we still had tomatoes to can. We all were working. Even the men who had free time came in and helped. And I think that's Jeff over there helping us. This is the last cooking of the tomatoes and the canning. Geraldine put enough spices in the tomatoes so they can be used for pizza, chili, and spaghetti. I think we had 65 jars of tomatoes, tomato sauce which will last them many weeks can you teenagers think about taking your spaghetti sauce that we have cooked and just pouring out that's not spaghetti sauce is it god not only protected us during the quake but he protected the canned fruit only four jars of fruit tumbled off of the shelves and broke the total count of jars of fruit Preserves and tomato sauce sauce was 363 jars, and we did that during all the earthquake. And the next slides, I really want you to look at them real close. Little girls love to play house. Here Sandra is playing with the dolls and the two little girls. They had no iPods. They had no videos. They had no weeze. There is an old saying, where there is a will, there is a way. These little girls have taken the boxes the fruit came in and made a unique mode of transportation for the baby dolls. They had a wonderful time taking what we would consider trash and making it into something special they have amazing imaginations making something out of nothing they were extremely grateful for the small gifts they received and i wanted to read matthew 28 19 20 go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father And of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. My heart is still in Chile.
4: I'm going to mention a little about the the work that the men did. Um, Melvin was really accurate. I I think he mentioned how God supplies the right people for the trips that have gone down, and he certainly did this time. A lot of it was painting, so we didn't need any. So I was able to help, too. I can swing a paintbrush. But um, we needed certain mechanical skills, and God brought the people down that we needed, and the team worked real well together uh this this first slide is a the hallway in the main part of the building on the first floor going back to uh, conference room and rooms they can use as a classroom the next slide shows the the center room there and they can bring in they brought in a a orchestra uh, and had their us in 2006 and they had a little show for us the last day in this room, uh, and they're painting it. Um, this slide, uh, when we got there, we found out that the cottages that the girls lived in out back didn't have any hot water. So they were taking cold showers, and uh, um, on demand hot water heaters had gone out. So we purchased and put in some new, a couple of new of these hot water heaters, and this is Jeff Locke installing one of those. And in the next slide, brought a, a close-up here. That's showing the burners on one of the hot water heaters, and I brought that just to kind of to show that um, Sandy discovered that when you're working with these hot water heaters, you have to have a certain force of water coming through them in order to get hot water. The burners don't kick in because they don't burn all the time. They just burn when you're trying to run it. So in order to get a hot shower, she had to run into the kitchen and turn. You could see the burners from there and turn the hot water on full force and wait as soon as the burners kicked on. Then she'd run back to the bathroom, turn the shower on. So she had a routine. It, it worked. It's just a little different. But I, mean, I, I think the unit just needed some adjusting. But, but anyway, the men's worked a little better. Um, Next slide there, that's the end room where we were painting um, myself and Jim Hill there with us. Um, Next slide is the three of us that that worked. Now, Carlos in the middle there, Richard Trauber is on the left, and uh, Carlos um, was the general maintenance person for the group, and he worked with us some and, and helped. He also liked to sing, had a good voice, and he would sing hymns, and you know, if we recognized it, sometimes we kind of tried to join in. Course, him in Spanish, and us in English. And, uh, but he he was a good fellow, good Christian man, that um, a, a good man to work beside. And in the next slide, some of the uh, there were two bathrooms downstairs that were. Heavily in need of repair. They have a high humidity and the, the plaster, cracked out some, so we, we had to patch the first and it took a couple of days to get it all patched before we could get it uh, and then paint those bathrooms. In the next one, uh, Mike Bailey, who came from Texas, he, uh, uh, the ceiling of this room, doesn't really show it here, but had started to, to come down someone. It's large, ceiling, heavy, so we had to get up and and screw it back in and, and repatch it some and then paint that. And in, in the next one, um, I might mention, too, that I don't show them in these pictures. I was just kind of trying to show the, the work of the area, but we did have the girls coming in, especially later on, and kind of working with us some and they they wanted to help of course it was a little hard communicating with them all the time but they would might know a few words of english and they wanted to help and uh and they were also we you had seen about elizabeth well she liked to have fun with you too she liked to slip up behind you and shake the ladder a little bit or or <laughs> sometimes it's kind of scary fun but she also liked to to dip her finger in in the white paint and kind of plop it on your face or couple of people had plops on the end of their nose. So it, they enjoyed working with you and they, they enjoyed getting a hug as, as we went through. And so that part was a lot of fun. Uh, th- this was the laundry room where they had the dryers and, um, we, we had to, it was just drywall. So we had to tape and, and mud it and, and sand that. I would have loved to have had some good drywall people at, at this point. Uh, but We got that done, got it painted, Uh, did a little patching on the floor, it still needs paint. I wanted to point out here in the back of the room the wood-burning stove. Um, They heat the building in the winter and it's cold and rainy in the winter, it doesn't snow, but it's cold and it's wet and and they heat the building with these wood-burning stoves. Most of the large rooms, reminded me of my grandmother, in her house had the pot-bellied stoves. Well, while we were there, uh, we bought a big load of, they didn't have any wood for the winter, so we bought a big load of wood and uh, some of the men spent part of their time, it it was partially cut, but they had to split it to fit in these stoves. In the next slide, we did a, had a a separate team that that did a good bit of work outside. They painted, this is one side of the building where they did paint that whole side, and they painted the, that's a concrete fence on the right there that goes three quarters of the way around the lot, and they painted that white, and um, uh, they also repaired uh, that's mark Henderson in the middle of the picture had the mechanical skills to repair a moat uh, lawnmower um, and other things that needed repairing mechanically in the buildings and then the uh, uh, they also we didn't have a weed eater and discovered that weed eaters down there were very expensive so we didn't buy one but they just manually edged around and some of the places with higher weeds had a just manual took a hole and, and tried to clean up as much as we could of the yard. Um, next slide. Now, this, when the earthquake hit, of um, course, I was amazed. Sandy and I uh, got up and, and went and tottered over to the doorway and just held there. I was afraid to risk, because we were on one end of the building, I was afraid to risk trying to go all the way through it, Uh, And I kept listening for glass to start breaking or, you know, ceiling to falling. It was shaking so hard. uh, But it didn't. It's like God held that together, and he held the girls' cottages together. Uh, Still amazed at that. Even though we knew it was built to earthquake standards. It still amazed me that it could take that much shaking and not even have a crack the next day. Um, this fence, however, this is a portion of the concrete fence that's in the, the back of the lot uh, next to the girls' cottages, and a section of that did fall, and they got out the next day and um, or probably a couple days later. And And those sections of concrete are heavy, and it even though couple of the guys did most of getting it ready then we slid those up that metal ladder there and got them set back in place and it's propped up while they put the the uh, mortar in to hold the sections in so that that was a little bit of quake damage we had there on the property and the next slide of course we as melvin had mentioned we found out our flight was canceled and we were looking at april 5th and thought that's not very good. So they found this bus, and I really enjoyed the bus ride. Now it was a little rough, and and I mean, one thing we got to see some of the quake damage, all the cracks in the roads and few bridges down and things. But we got to see the orchards of, of Chile. They they have vineyards, they have large apple orchards, peaches, all kinds of fruits and vegetables, and we wouldn't have seen that up close like that otherwise. So it, it was a neat. It was long the 10 hours but uh it was a good it was a comfortable bus it was a good bus ride we got to the airport this is just showing there's a tent there uh of um where the they had set up operations because only a small portion of the terminal was usable it was hot in whereas it, it was pretty comfortable uh, i thought Temuco is real comfortable always cool high 40s low 50s at night I love the the weather there, but Santiago's hot. It was uh, looked on the weather channel the next day. It was 91 that day in Santiago, and the sun, of course, was bright. And the, the next slide, uh, we had to wait in line. Part of that in the sun, but but God had everything planned. He uh, He led us through it. And we were able to, you know, our flight was there. American got us out and. Uh, I praise God that his hand
5: was with us. Thank you. Good morning. I'll uh, tell you the same thing I told me the first service. I don't public speak. Uh, the last time I did it, I passed out and landed in a trash can. So <laughs> we're working on it. Um, I get to tell you about the real hard work that went on. This is a peach cobbler that Geraldine made for everyone, It's huge and it was delicious. That's a 30-foot banana split. So we had a gutter lined it with aluminum foil, and that was so much fun. And going to the next one, and the food was absolutely delicious. But seriously, there wasn't really a lot of hard work that went into this trip. This is the fruit market, and farmer's markets got nothing on these people. We're talking 50, 60 rolls of nothing but huge fresh fruit. Uh, you can keep going, John. I'll just. This is some that we took back. This is the kitchen that we worked in. and um, Just keep going. I'm going to try to go pretty quick. This is Betty. She tried to learn how to help us can so that while we're gone, maybe she can. This is some of the empty shelves that we were slowly starting to fill when we got there. These shelves were empty, folks. Nothing. So this is some of the grapes. This is some of the peaches and nectarines and pears that we worked on, starting to slowly fill it back up. And I think by the time I left and the time the earthquake leftovers got done, it was completely full. This is outside working. You can just keep going. Um, this is some of the girls still working in the kitchen. Uh, I've never canned or sewed anything before in my life. Imagine. Um, these ladies were amazing. There was no stupid questions. There was no, you know, they just taught me how to do it, and we just kept working on. Um, keep going, John. Next one. These are some of the girls, and just, we keep emphasizing this. Y'all don't understand that 24 girls, and they were either abused, abandoned, and the faces, they're all smiling. And it's just amazing to me that these little girls, this little girl here's name's Jasmine, and was found digging for food in a trash can. Parents, I don't know if you can imagine your child having to go through that, or kids, if y'all can imagine, that's how you had to live. I, it's just, this is Danita. These are some wonderful little girls. Um, if you're ever thinking of going to Chile, and you're like, well, I don't know how to can, I don't know how to sew, you know how to love. And that's all these girls are wanting. Someone to pay them attention, to show unconditional love. And if the Lord can show that to us, who are we not to show it to these 24 little girls? Um, keep going. My nerves are gonna get the better of me folks. Um, this is Alejandra. Me and her kinda had a little special thing going. She didn't speak English. My Spanish is iffy. I told her when I come back next year, if she'll practice her English, I'll practice my Spanish. So we're working on it. One little girl named Maria, I don't know if you can see her sitting next to me. She had a little headband in her hair, spoke no English whatsoever. The day I left, she come up to me and goes, I love you in English. Oh uh, took my heart away. And this is one of the churches we go to. This was the first Sunday. Uh, Their weather is kind of like Nashville weather. 66 degrees one day, 88 the next. So we kind of, this is another one of the churches. Uh, Something I want to emphasize on their churches is they know how to praise. They go and their goal is to worship the Lord. Is to praise the Lord. It's not they have to get up that morning and take a shower. I can't lie, I'm kidding. I'm going to cry. They don't have to go to Sunday school. They don't have to. They get to do it. They get to go to church. They get to praise the Lord. And two weeks ago, I rededicated my life. Not because I was almost in an earthquake, but because of these people. I went to Chile thinking I was going to make an impact on their life. And just the opposite happened. Uh Oh, excuse me. They made me realize that I get to come to church. It's my choice. I get to come here and praise the Lord. I get to sing. I get to worship. And I became a Christian when I was 12 years old. And at 45 years old, I finally get it.
1: There was one. There was one part I left out. All the people that has worked in the past on the Tamuka project at the Girls' Home, the whole guard, would you stand and let the rest of them see you? What a crowd! Thank you.
0: In the first service, I shared this. Uh, just uh, hearing the testimonies and those kind of things, I. Uh, The thought that came into my mind is that these stories all began with a very simple word. And it was just a word that when they felt like they were supposed to go, they simply said yes. And I couldn't help but think that all great movements of God begin with yes. An acknowledgement that we're supposed to, an acknowledgement that God has called us to, and that we're willing to move forward. As Melvin has said, God developed these teams, God put them together, but they were willing to give up some things and to go. One of the things that I loved about this team and what they shared today, they, they talked about the earthquake, they mentioned that. In the week that they were there and we were here, we got lots of calls from media people, from some of our church members, and almost all of those calls were, how were they doing after the earthquake? What kind of impact has the earthquake had? What I love today and what I've loved about this team is it wasn't about the earthquake. It was about the work God had called them to do. And you just see within them that they responded with that simple word, yes. Over the next few weeks, you're going to hear a lot about yes and saying yes to what God is calling us to do. And I just wonder in your own life, is there something right now that you know God's calling you to do And you have yet to say yes.